Welcome to the B'nai B'rith International Podcast. I'm your host, CEO Dan Mary Ashen. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Now, before we begin today's podcast, one quick housekeeping note. Check out our video interview series, Conversations with B'nai B'rith, on Facebook and on YouTube. You'll find discussions with everyone from kosher chefs to historians to authors to Middle East experts. Watch our latest by subscribing to the B'nai B'rith YouTube channel and liking us on Facebook at B'nai B'rith International. And make sure you check us out. Joining me on the podcast today is clinical psychologist, Dr. Erica Miller, who will be sharing her tips for staying resilient in these uncertain times. And for so many, this is really an unsettling moment in history. Dr. Miller was our guest about a year ago to talk about healthy aging and her latest book, Chronologically Gifted, Aging with Gusto, a practical guide for healthy living to age 123. An author of three books on overcoming adversity and living enthusiastically, Dr. Miller's incredible life experiences from surviving the Holocaust to joining the Israeli Air Force to serving substance abuse and domestic violence populations give her a wealth of insight on how to develop and summon resilience when it's most needed. Dr. Miller, welcome back to the program. I'm so glad to be back so I can hear my voice, never mind yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's good, it's good that you're back and good to, uh, to have you here, particularly in the times in which we're living. Now, since we last spoke, things have changed uh, quite a bit, actually. Uh, today, we're talking about staying resilient in uncertain times. So before we dig a little bit deeper, how do you define resilience itself? It's like um, part of our DNA, fight or flight. We are reacting to new conditions, new times. And all of us have the possibility to be resilient, to act quickly to something unknown, to keep us alive. So it is a trait we all have, uh, and it can be learned, you know, skills in order to really actually accept what we cannot change. Because the unknown lurks in the bushes. And guess what? We are not our ancestors. Other tribes are not going to take us over in the middle of the night. The bear is not going to eat us. So our automatic reaction to anything unusual, which is not predictable, uh, most of us, all of us react, woo, what can we do? And some people who are resilient, like you, I suppose, like me, it's okay, what can I do? You're smiling, that's good. What can I do rather what I cannot do? And then I'm not in La La Land, but I have lived through, as you said, the, the, the horrendous you know, drama of four years in a concentration camp as a little kid. I was two years in Israeli Air Force, uh, whatever. And there's so many moments that I pondered upon the question, give me examples of resilience. It's exactly, okay, what can I do? What can I control and what not? So the point I try to make today, those are skills. We have the possibility for, to become resilient, not to become somebody else, but to, there are steps how one can be uh, positive in the sense of the cup is half full, not empty. Life is amazing. We're still here, you and me, and all those that are lucky. 
I'm all over the place now, forgive me. I'm so excited. I was sharing before, I will be 87 in two months. Look at me, you cannot look at my girlish figure. Life choices, exercising, good attitudes, surround yourself with positive people, all that helps of not being alone in the world and being able to cope, being able to be resilient or to learn how to be resilient, to live through this time in our life, the epidemic, because it, it will also pass. Audience, do you hear me? If we don't get it, uh, we are going to be here and it's going to be part of our history. It's not new. Let me, let me ask you a question in particular about seniors and our aging population, because clearly seniors have been uh, really through a, a terrible patch, uh, particularly at the beginning um, of, of this crisis. We have separation issues. We have issues where, for example, so many thousands of seniors are living in, in senior facilities. They're accustomed to seeing their family at least once a week. They're accustomed to eating together, having activities together. What special advice do we give to the aging population during these times? Okay, guess what? I have some good news for you. Uh, I just researched and I just wrote an article, not for ARP. Don't ask me, it is another magazine for aging. And the question was, how does the older population fare compared to the millennials, to compare to the youngest? And guess what? I don't know whether you knew, I do not know, that I am called a silent generation. That means all the aging people in their 70s and their 80s are called silent generation. Perhaps physically, they don't fare so well if they have conditions, but psychologically, mentally, they're doing the best in all the other kind of groups, you know, the Z, X, and all that kind of thing. So those are issues that you brought up, it's coping. Uh, the elder people have been around, there are other wars, other epidemics, whatever it is. So uh, that part they're faring better, but the isolation is still there. And if they have in a good retirement place, they're lucky because I have, some, I have somebody that I know closely. They are catered to, they're engaged with Zoom. Look at us, we Zoom. So there are some things because isolation is really tough, but those are unusual times and the refrain of my song is this shall also pass we don't have to like it how can we adapt momentarily to survive and that's what is the practical part in me so i hope i answered your question because wherever we are we you know but if you are lucky enough to have family i hope you do i have a daughter and a son and five grandkids and all that so i'm very lucky we are gathering together, we used to do Zoom. But again, it's like, how do we survive the moment? That was the resilience is all about. Well, let's go back to resilience. Uh, and let me ask a question. Is it, is it inherited or is it learned behavior? In other words, can resilience be taught? And if it can, what's the best way of going about that? There is a word innate. Resilience is innate in our DNA. All of us have it. Remember, we come from the pool of our ancestors. Fight or flight, innate to survive. We are not dinosaurs. So we all have the capacity. And those of us that is an instant, in difficult times, you know, how can we survive? Uh, those that don't have it, 
uh, can learn. There are skills that one can, if one is open, if one is, is introspective, one can adapt that attitude of, all right, what can I do? What do I need to do? Who, who can I reach out for? Uh, getting some skills of talking to oneself because attitude is very important. And I don't want to go there because I would talk forever. The plasticity of the brain is absolutely amazing because thoughts, uh, thoughts turn in to feelings and turn into behavior. So never know old feelings. Something new to adapt, I have to be positive, I have to survive. And then acting something out of your character with people that if you're lucky to have positive people, to lean on them while you're learning the skills of surviving. Because again, as you know, some people negative, 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 there's no talking to them. But some people want if they're open. If they can introspect, okay, yes, nothing I can do about it. Okay, what can I do to survive right now? So I'm not going to hug my kid, but I'm going to hug virtually. As soon as possible, I will do this and this and that. And how to survive at that moment. And again, that attitude of changing the mindset about me. To me, unless you're dying, hey, get over it. It, I'm not a good one. I'm very tough mother to have in my grandkids. Everything is a big drama. Hey, when you live through and everything you live through, you become what you experience. So when I say I am who I am because of it, in spite of it, don't tell me because I'm Jewish, I have to die. Don't tell me ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. So this is a learning thing, especially for youngins. If they survive, their, their skin is going to be thicker. It's, you know, what, what can we do? And I don't worry so much about the older population because my research says that they are pretty much most elderly people. Uh, unfortunately, many are not physically fit. And so they are kind of like, you know, pretty much, um, you know, isolated, whether they're in a retirement place or at home. But psychologically, they're better off than most because they have that resilience, because they survived 9-11, they survived Vietnam, they survived, you know, the war, you know, Germany, all that kind of thing. So um, it, it, you don't have to like it, it's not pleasant. But again, those of us that can empower, that can inspire like me, I have, I was telling, you know, you know, what is his name, the one that put us together? Oh, Our producer, name. Alex. Yes. Alex, hi Alex, forgive me, I kind of whatever. It's like they're speaking about uh, youngins like him. You're youngin compared to me. Uh, they want what I got. They're absolutely, when I lecture all over the world, I'm an international bestseller, they just line up with the selfie. They want optimism. They, they want what I got. Hey, unless you're dying, don't, you know, but figure it out. You will, you can. Don't tell me you cannot do it. So by me hearing my voice, when I could not use my voice when I was little. My mother had her hand over my mouth all the time, so I don't give away the hiding place. I don't go rescue my father and being shot by a Nazi. So to me, to be able to empower and to have a voice and to uplift, it's like Dracula with blood. And that's what I'm doing now under those circumstances too. Hey, it is your pass. So we've, we've talked about seniors, isolation, separation, 
but then then there's the rest of the population now right now we're almost exactly six months into this pandemic and a certain monotony has has taken over people are uh, maybe now or many of them are just going back to work. Some of them have been working right from the beginning, of course, but there's a, there's a monotony that sets in where the ability to do all the other things that we normally do uh, during our week, during our weekends, is, is pretty much limited. How does resilience apply to this, uh, this era of monotony that we're living in, this humdrum existence? I told you before, I'll repeat myself, I'm a senior, I can do it. Uh, the word is out. It's not forever. And you will be surprised to hear what I'm telling you. Some people, the monotony, people, resilient and creative people find ways to entertain themselves. Never mind the Zoom, they write. I know people that have started new things. They volunteer more to APAC and to neighbors. So there is kind of like almost that resilience innate in all of us has actually given opportunity to some people to reflect, okay, what can I do right now that I couldn't do yesterday's because I was also busy. And people are starting some things, not all. People are rejoicing now. Some kids are coming back to home. They came because they gave up the you know, school and all that kind of thing. So there is a different dynamic. And there are many people that I know, maybe I like to see what I like to see, is they are, it's amazing how novel, how creative some people are. They started to do in the backyard some, you know, what is it called? A pass of vegetable that they've never done before. They, they've done certain things, postponing things. So it's like uh, people that used to be on board before, or they're kind of now stuck, but others are, okay, what can I do after I clean my closets? After I, you know, so there is the yin and the yang and people if they and that is that take of being optimistic and surrounding yourself with positive people to get creative and we people are very creative and people who are resilient uh, simultaneously feel afraid or insecure so on the one hand you 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 can get back to yourself you get back up on your feet on the other hand there's this there's an insecurity particularly now about what the future holds. How do you read that? No, not resilient people. The insecurity, the worry, what if, what if, that is not a part of the resilient person. Uh-uh. Resiliency means how you react under difficult you know, circumstances and you kind of uh, calm your fear because it's not realistic. You cannot control the future. Uh, you have to be in the moment. So I do not, I do not see that which... Uh, that, because if you ask about resilience, it's exactly that. Uh, again, people, resilient people, are very much learning from the past, their visions for the future, even now, but they are containing in the moment. What can they do? How can they fill their life more? How can they enrich their life? They start cooking, they start, but a lot of it is also reaching out and not being all alone. And Zoom comes in very handy. Family Zooms from New York, from Chicago, from all that kind of thing. So it is still the sense of we're still here and it's contagious. 
negativity is contagious, it drags you down, and you have to keep away from people that are negative because it stresses you out. When you have negative family members, it's a whole different story. You have to learn to navigate. Huh? It is about being positive. It's not being in La La Land. It is temporarily. Our ancestors, our grandparents, they went through a lot. And there's even song. You become stronger because of all whatever. Look at me. And I'm not alone. There are many more people like me. I'm unique, but not that unique. It's like, hey, I will be okay if, I, if I'm able to stay alive. And guess what? I cannot control. I don't know about God, but I surrender to destiny. I'm a control freak. And I'm going to tell you something and your audience, they're going to freak. Uh, I have a casket, a beautiful custom-made casket in my home, okay? Meaning to life is death, and I guess, you know what, and I hope that I will reach the age of 123 to beat that woman 120, you know, two and 60 days, because I do everything right. You know, I exercise for 40 years. I'm fit. I'm pescatarian. I'm engaged, this and this and that. But tomorrow I could be a corpse. Nothing I can do about it. So give me life. So the excitement when I'm so hyper and excited with you is like, listen to me, hear my accented voice. It is like, this is just another chapter in your life. And if you're lucky enough, if you do your part, yeah, you're going to be more lonely. Yeah, you're going to be kind of like bored. You cannot go in, but you still can run on your own. You can still do certain things. But again, it will pass. It may be taking, it probably be taking longer than we hope for. But so what? Too bad. We, we, are, we have that in part of our gene pool. We are not dinosaurs. So again, that's it. You've, you've led a, a tremendously interesting life uh, filled uh -huh. with severe setbacks and, and, and successes. Um, give us a couple of experiences from your own life when you have demonstrated resilience. And what did those episodes teach you? Okay, I just want to not correct you, having you please change the word of, you said that I have, um, I have experienced setbacks. Well, as a as a Holocaust uh, child of the of the Holocaust, right? Are the setbacks that that you suffered as as a Jew, as a child, okay, uh, and that your family suffered, and you of course you've experienced many many successes. So, give okay. us some examples of of how your resilience um, faced those particular episodes in your life, and okay. and what did they teach you? Uh, many, many of them, and I never look at things of setbacks. I don't relate to certain words, and I'm very detached. As a psychologist, it comes in handy. So the first time I can relate to being resilient, when I was that little kid, hired it in, you know, those train, cattle trains, and the mayhem was raining. They were shooting. My father was on the floor in the mud. He was beaten. I wanted to help him and all that kind of thing. So we were herded into that big cattle car and they're pushing us and so glad to be, I guess my father, my mother, to go at the end there of the cattle car. So when they opened the doors, every station, they came in and beating us. So I remember this little kid, seven years old, and the people screaming and crying and me being very quiet and then entertaining myself. Okay, listening to the sound of the, of the wheels of the train. Ta -ta 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 -ta. 
dirty Jews, because I used to hear dirty Jews. So I was singing to myself while they may to shut off the horrific things that nothing I can do about it. Clearly, I did not process that. But that was the first time I could think, look at this little kid. Instead of crying like my sister, instead of all the kind of thing, I was, I was singing. I was singing to the tune of the train. That to me was the first sense that I, I could look back to be resilient. That's an example that I deem to share with you. Then there were many, many more in the Israeli Air Force at the northern border. I was there when the war was going on, being in the trenches and having shooting here and me kind of like seeing one of my, a lot of things like that. Again, my, my boy, my, my love of my first love, he was shot down, Aaron, you know, he was a pilot, I was in the, in the Air Force. Uh, that it was a difference, it's nothing to be resilient. But again, being in the trenches and having one of your colleagues being wounded and you kind of see till they come to kind of touch it, but at meantime, having the gun and trying to shoot it to protect the rest of us. If this is not resilient, what is? I can give you examples galore. I mean, coming, not knowing the uncertainty. So resilience means dealing quickly with with uncertainty. I did not know all those things, but the reaction automatically. So I can give you many, many more, many more examples how uh, the second book I wrote, the title is Don't Tell Me I Cannot Do It, Living in the Here and Now with Gusto, okay? I was a married woman. Destiny had it. I saw that everybody should be in Israel. I don't feel it anymore. Destiny had it. I came up with an old maid of 24, met a Jewish boy from Independence, Missouri. We got married. And as soon as I had kids, two kids, uh, first grade, I decided I wanted to go back and become a healer. I got back to school because they contorted faces of pain that I saw. I wanted to touch and my mother hold me close not to touch anybody in this room for 20 people. The wailing and all that kind of thing. Israel, I could not because the only medical school was in Jerusalem. My point being is when I felt safe, when my son went to first grade, my daughter's three years older, I decided I'm going to go back to school. Guess what? My Jewish boy from Independence, Missouri, didn't want his little wife to go to graduate school. Are you kidding me? So lucky we survived as a family. Eight years later, I had my PhD. Everybody was saying, poor Jerry, what does a married woman do going to graduate school? That kind of thing, that kind of British, don't tell me I cannot do it. It's tough, I didn't like it, but guess what? He became the mother and the father. I cooked, I cooked meals on the weekend, so they had packages and they didn't like it, so they went to Costco, whatever. But we traveled every year, we traveled, we had holidays together. My point being is uh, that kind of uh, great, great, life takes courage. All my mantras is life takes guts, grit and gusto. Guts, courage, great perseverance, and guts to, you know, be grateful for your life. Enjoy it. Keep away from negativity because life is short. Your, your two examples of being a little girl near the train during the Holocaust, um, that one example as a child, and then later the example of your own career and your career track, your family track, I think are, are two 
outstanding examples of personal resilience. We hope that everybody has that in them, particularly that they can summon it now uh, with, uh, with COVID. Uh, I, I really think that um, you've helped uh, many people uh, today and, and throughout your career. Um, but let's just one word before we conclude, uh, Dr. Miller. Um, you know, sooner or later, um, we're going to be out of COVID. Um, when, when that happens, you know, a lot of things will have changed over this time. For example, you mentioned Zoom. You know, we're, we're doing this, this particular program via Zoom. Uh, we've learned to do certain things remotely. We can work remotely. We can do all kinds of things remotely. And we, we do maybe a little bit less shopping this way. We do shopping another way. Uh, we don't know whether these are going to become permanent patterns or whether they, these are just kind of an aberration and we go back to where we were. But, but once we get this behind us and we get the, the all clear, whoever gives that, um, what would your advice be when we, starting out again, regardless of age, what would, what would you advise people at that point? Okay, Dan, how lucky am I that I survived? It's another chapter in my life, all right? Uh, things change all the time. Look at the universe. It's all interconnected. It's just a phase. So I don't mean to minimize the pain, the suffering of loss, not only personal and, and you know, in business and all that kind of thing. All right. Now we are in the moment. What can we do now to rejoin the human race? A little bit different. Look, it's different now. Are you kidding me? With, with all the computer, with all cells. I mean, everything is new. We are evolving, not necessarily for the best. We are in the process of evolving, always on a personal level, a society. Everything completely static is never going to be. So the point being is, it is part of our process of evolving. Uh, nothing stays the same. So when this is all over, be grateful, gusto. Be grateful that you survived physically, and the rest is going to be a machai, if you know a little bit Yiddish. It's going to be wonderful, because then, then we'll be able to go to our favorite restaurant inside. We'll be able to rejoin and having weddings instead of having Zoom weddings. So we are pointing, saying, be grateful. It's no vow, and, and don't be a victim. For a year and a half, I had to be home and I had to do this and that. It will be different, but it always happens. Something new and good comes out of it. Maybe more people will be able to work from home. So women will be able to be home and having their babies, at least when they're little there, and to work from home. A lot of changes. Something good, and I'm not in La La Land, from the lemon of life, lemonade can happen. So attitude is very important. Well, her most recent book is Chronologically Gifted, Aging with Gusto, A Practical Guide for Healthy Living to Age 123. Dr. Erica Miller, thank you for joining me. This has been a wonderful discussion. We appreciate your coming back. Amen. Until next time. Thanks to Dr. Erica Miller for joining me today, and thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, make sure you never miss an episode by tapping the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, benebrit.org, to learn about our work. For my guest, Dr. Erica Miller, I'm your host, Dan Mary Ashen. Talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone.